ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Relationships Rule. I have a special guest with me all the way from England, the United Kingdom today, and uh, his name is David Bellamy. And first of all, I'm going to say welcome, David. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, David and I actually met because he was referred to me by another podcaster, and I always love it when people come um, well-connected and uh, well-referred. And I thought what David's work is, is very interesting. And David is an innovator, an advisor, a speaker on organizational culture and employee well-being. And most of his career he spent as a consultant and working with many organizations that have issues with understanding and changing culture. And that led him to create what he calls the Happiness Lab, And I'm going to get him to explain that to us in a minute. And I just want to say, though, that um, my audience generally are not corporate people in big organizations, right? They're entrepreneurs and small business owners and sales um, professionals. Now, obviously, some of those people either work with um, their company. They may have employees. Some of them may work like sales reps, of course, work generally for bigger companies. And I think most of us have been an employee in one phase of our life or another. And I want to get into that a little bit about that different mentality. But in the end, we all want to be happy with what we do and in our workplace. Right. So. um, So, David, tell me, first of all, what is the Happiness Lab? Yeah, great. Thank you. That was a lovely introduction, by the way. (laughs) I uh, yeah. Well, Happiness Lab is a it started as like an idea. So how could we do something alongside all this consulting work we were doing? So we were working with um, executives, leaders of large organizations as consultants. And, and, and it, do you remember Jim Collins, Good to Great? Yes. Book? Yeah, everybody read that book. It was brilliant, wasn't it? And, but you know, what, what are the ingredients that make companies stand out? And, and so we were doing work like that. And, and everywhere we went, the same thing kept coming up, which is, you know, it was never the vision, the mission, the strategy, the plans. It was never about any of those things. You know, it was, um, it was always about, you know, our culture's not quite right. We can't get our people on the bus. You know, we, 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 we're not innovative enough. We're not, we're not something. And, and, and that just got me scratching my head. Why is it everywhere we went that that was the problem? And, and of course it wasn't really the problem. You know, what was interesting, just as an aside, you know, when you get into, we would always interview executive teams and, and, just get that clarity of what what is it you think you're doing and they'd all have slightly varied you know all slightly varied views not that you know somebody thought they were making chocolate and somebody else thought they were making nuts and bolts but but they all went off you know, can see that sort of lack of alignment but happiness lab then really span out of an idea look you know we were pursuing organizations have been pursuing engagement and engagement back in the days of william khan when he created it would perfectly make perfect sense you know it's a state where we are 
engaged in what we're doing, but it sort of morphed into this idea of commitment from employees. And, and so it's about getting more from people. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think employees want that, right? And it sort of leads to this position where everybody's kind of faking it. And, and so Happiness Lab was, rather than asking people questions about how do you feel about your workplace? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? We built a bit of technology that simply says, how do you feel right now? And, mm-hmm. and that's not in relation to anything. Not in relation to anything, right? Yeah. When it, and, however, and then we ask you to just to capture a few words, either for yourself or to share anonymously, you know, what's going on for you now. So that was as simple as it started. And it became, you know, it became sort of everything that we did because, you know, four years ago when we started playing with this little bit of technology, great. You know, we have lots of conversations about whether people want happiness, whether happiness is something that should be in the workplace or not. Of course, the world's changed an awful lot in time, and we've learned an awful lot too. And and so we kind of realized that this uh, this free space that you give people a chance to to think about, tune in to what's going on for them, and write a little bit about why they're feeling the way they're feeling. Actually, that has some benefits to them individually, like a sort of daily check-in routine, which is quite helpful. Um, and then, of course, you've got this sort of it's like an internal social platform. So, so you sh- can share your comments. Nobody knows who's written what, but, you, but you've got this like, running commentary inside organization and then, and then people sort of tend to help each other, tend to offer support, tend to be kind. And there's no, none of the sort of... Um, well, d- let me stop you there. So, wait, so, so when they're each um, daily um, writing their level of happiness and you say it's, it's anonymous and you say people start to help people, do each of them see the full picture? or yeah. only the people that are uh, monitoring the well so it's it's transparent so it works like like, like a, you know, again like social media works oh know? okay so, now so we're not talking about something that takes up all of your day or anything. no 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 <laughs> like social media. Media. <laughs> and there's this place called the happiness wall where these comments oh. are oh so i see and and you can see what people have written and how they oh. rated their day and, and what's really interesting so these were not I would love to claim that these were by design. You kind of have an idea in your head about what's going to happen. And, but, but this is just people adopting stuff and working the way people do. And, and so what would happen is, you know, um, somebody would say that they're having a tough time and somebody else will react or and offer a little bit of support. And I think that that's really interesting for, because as we look at the way mental health is becoming increasingly challenging um and and important for organizations to understand and and to to, to, to track you know one of the things that we've observed is when somebody's having a tough time you know what so imagine this ourselves right because you make the point that we all worked in a company right and you have a difficult conversation with your boss and we tend to take that away and ruminate on it and so we tend to catastrophize and think the worst of it might fire me i'm not going to get promoted i'm not going to get that pay rise all of those things and, and then of course i can't tell anybody so now i'm isolated and i'm lonely yeah. and so that one bad conversation spins into this into a perfect ne- negative spiral and 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 yet you share it without anybody knowing it's me oh, i just had an awful conversation right. with and one of my colleagues says oh you know what don't worry and i know that sounds really daft but but I don't worry, you know. Same thing last week. It's fine. Or it happened to me before, and all that. So you know, these things they might feel a bit platitudish, and and but they are incredibly powerful because it just reminds us that actually, yes, this is normal, and B, I'm not alone, and I am cared about, and all that sort of stuff. And that means that we stop negative spiral. We replace 
negative emotions with positive ones because we can't experience both at the same time. And that stuff is quite accidental in our design, but it happens, right? And that means that you, mm. so there's a positive effect there. And anyway, so that's, that's um, a really interesting thing. And you see that without avatar or profile or anything else, mm -hmm. just anonymous, that people interact in a really kind, sort of good way. That's so nice. So is it an app on my phone or is it um, a, a link to the happiness lab on my computer at work? What is it? Well, it, so it's, it's a, it's a, so it is both actually. So okay. to most okay. of our clients, most of our clients tend to use it's, it's, it's cloud-based software. Okay. You know, most, most people, if you're sitting at your desktop, you know, you get a nudge from us to check in and share how you're feeling and, and you'll use the desktop experience, but other people we've had um, companies where, you know, people driving tractors and lorries, you know, and, and they'll have an app on their tablet that they'll use as part okay. of their work and, and you know, like and, and checking with that. And, and do you know what the, the interesting thing I talk about the people are sort of disenfranchised, if you like, with, um, with the engagement stuff. One of the things we didn't expect, I've just given that example before, you know, the sort of lorry drivers um, and tractor drivers, you know, that we were expecting that group as part of an organization that included office workers and you know, mm -hmm. we were expecting guys out on the road to be the least likely to like this or participate you know but sure. actually connect them to their office and i think that's again it's feeling part of something the relationships yeah. with people even though nobody knows who's who i'm involved so that that actually brings me to to a question my um because over the last couple of over the last year and a half the world changed and most people started working from home and uh, by not because they wanted to, but because they had to. And so that caused a lot of a lot of new issues around mental health for some people around, you know, child care. And, you know, now I've got um, my kids at home. How can I you know, deal with working and all of the things that happen? And um, and. I would think that this uh, tool would have a different uh, flavor, right? It would have a different whole thing. So how did your, your clients, did you have to shift things for them or did things change at all? Or was it the same, even though they were at home? Well, so there was, it's a great question, by the way, and, and, and you're absolutely right. So a, a year ago, well, just over a year ago, everything changed for everybody, didn't it? Mm -hmm. um, and like everybody, you know, I had a, a momentary panic you know, yes, of course. Oh my, what, am, what are we going to do? Are we going to survive? What's going to happen? And, and then, of course, became apparent that actually more than ever, people need to know how their colleagues are doing. Mm -hmm. I see them, um, mm -hmm. you know, and so I can't, that, the senses that managers lose from not being able to walk around the room and just check, you know, and, and you know, there's an awful right. lot of, you know, we, we, we are good. Let's be honest. We're good at work, at hiding what we feel and faking wow. what we do, right? The, um, so, yeah. So, but you can generally tell in a team whether, you know, somebody's a little off color and quite yeah. whether they're, um, you know, we could bring a bit of rigor and science to that, which, which is great. But when they went home, mm -hmm. suddenly everything changed. So, so and, and there was and, and compounding. So we start with the beginning of the pandemic. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a seismic drop. It's the first time we'd ever seen a universal drop in happiness ratings. You know, so people are, are up and down all the time. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. so it's not a vote on your company. People are up and down all the time. But and so that means you can see flatness. And so we have to get into sort of different levels and granular ways of showing data to, to help companies understand it. But um, everywhere at the same time. Sure. Right. Um, 
and and it was a company with a very common nar narrative right which was that we were all scared and anxious and uncertain about loved ones about mm -hmm. what the future held and, mm -hmm. and 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 our health and our you know mm -hmm. so and then you saw some really interesting things like working mothers right so the mm -hmm. children came were home from school <laughs> working mothers had a tougher time in particularly we, so we've had three lockdowns here in the uk um and here in particular lockdown one schools weren't quite ready for it technology for companies was a bit challenging for many so the working from home thing was difficult and everybody experienced guilt because when we weren't with our children and they were trying to do their homeschooling we felt guilty and then when we were with our children we felt guilty about work and, but that was particularly felt in working mothers not universally but but particularly no, and noticeably so um, but then some other good things happened i think and it was really interesting to notice that actually we all became a bit more caring didn't we you know we were all a bit more aware when you started looking into somebody's bedroom and where they were working for all of your calls <laughs> we just became a little less formal in so yeah. many ways i mean it's so funny because i even today i i i notice when uh uh the news when i watch the if i watch the news and i don't like to watch the news but occasionally i'll watch the news and this the um local government um uh, uh reporter has this bookshelf behind him with the worst things on it like they just don't make any sense and they're the weirdest books and i've got like this totally different impression of him now because i've been seeing this for so long and it's just so interesting to see mind you i prefer the real to the you know those terrible screens that people lose their hand if they put them up or whatever but I, yeah well, I, I am most definitely with you on that um, <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather show well, I'm quite fortunate. My my backdrop's neutral. Um, it's beautiful, actually. It's very classy, and I can see it's ten to six at night there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's ten to ten in the morning here, so I kind of love it. You know, it's kind of yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, I digress, but I I just the other thing. Sorry to talk over you there, but the oh. um the other thing that's happened is and so now we're at the other end of the pandemic. Yeah, and I think that there's a, a great deal. Um, you probably see this on LinkedIn yourself, you'll see it in the news for sure, the discussion and the debate about whether people should come back to work or not. Mm. And, and I think this is a really difficult thing for companies to navigate. Um, and our clients, you know, I'm very clear with my view, which is that I think the future of work needs to be about agreement. So mm. it shouldn't, you know, it's not about um, coming back or not coming back. It's about where work is best done. I think, you know, so and so that means that a few things. But based work, on what? Based on the individual, or based on the company, or? Well, I, I, so I think that where I, where I, I, I think it comes about the people who are doing the work, and we've got to try and find that balance. Mm -hmm. you know, so I understand. I probably got a lot more sympathy for managers wanting their teams back in the office, because we've done. You know, one of the best things to gauge whether people are working or not is seeing them. Right. It's not a very good measure, but it's one of the best ones we've got. Right. So. Um, so I understand why that would be, why that would sure. be important. But some work is best done in isolation, thinking work, writing work, whatever it might be. If you're in knowledge work, that's great. Other work, collaboration doesn't work very well in 2D. And, and there's been, you know, there'll be people with different views than mine, but, but, you know, getting together. Now I think, so I tend to say, well, look, you know, actually what we need is teams rather than to be told could do with working out what stuff they need to do together and what stuff they might do alone and where they then where they might do that and 
that so that's a one way of approaching it the um but but i'll tell you the other thing that i've been really struck by so there's lots and lots of opinion about so everybody wants more flexibility i understand that and 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 certainly give people more flexibility but there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution to this problem right. and what i can tell you is that in um on, in happiness lab or on happiness lab we can see we have seen um all of those fears about having to return to work appear. So people sort of sharing that fear about, I don't want to go back and I'm worried about it. And then when they do, they go in, so many of our clients are using sort of gently reintroducing people to the work mm -hmm. and they look, and they generally seem to love it. They've forgotten. Um, well, you mentioned to me before, you mentioned before we went on air about um, your staff coming back and how, um, less work maybe has gotten done this week, but it was important that people got to um, engage amongst themselves and get back to socializing. Oh, it's, and it's brilliant. You know, the, 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 so you're, yes, exactly right. You know, that the mm -hmm. people back in the office, um, now we, we're a, a small business and, and people work flexibly. So, so that's great, you know, but, but we, so, and we work on agreements, i.e., we have some stuff we'd like to do together. So let's get together rather than have a, a, a Zoom call. And um, and then when we don't have to be together, people can work where they like. And and that's works for us now. But but I've got to tell you, for me today, you know, so, so my happiness rating. Um, so when I got my nudge today was super high because I'm thinking, you know, I, I thrive off interaction. I yeah, relationships and people are really important to me. And so, you know, that to so my energy levels were fabulous because i'd spent the day with the team we'd done lots of talking we'd had lots of laughter and you know and sharing stuff it was great and then we go off and get on with the work okay i have to say though that i'm like that too i'm all about relationships i people that know me know that i say that all the time because for me it's about people and about helping others and and connecting people and it's all about relationships and and yet i work from home alone. And on some days I realized, oh my God, I didn't even go outside today because it was pouring with rain, but I was engaged with the people that I was online with most of the day. Right. So um, that feeds me and being able to talk to you across the, the pond. I mean, it's great. I love it. And so I don't feel like I'm alone all day. Right. No, and, 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 I, and uh, absolutely right. And so I've spent, virtually a year sitting in this very yeah. desk on my own you know I doing know, I know. On, on zooms you know and yeah. um but i'm so I'm, again i i agree you know you it, it, we can do it right? and and we can sure. and the interaction and spending time with people i think it's um yeah my preference is is the face, face, face. yeah of course it isn't but, for everybody you know no. so our lead our lead developer um i think he would if, if he was told he could spend the rest of his life in his room, yeah. you know, surrounded by screens, you know, because yeah, he'd be happy. I have a daughter like that, actually. <laughs> and, and interestingly, and I, I want to, there's two things that I want to ask you. One is um, in relation to my daughter just got a new job and this company that she's working with um, is uh, based in Vancouver, but it's global and they have people 
that they've just, they're still hiring. It's a startup and they've got a lot of money and they've got a lot of future. It's quite an, it's in the NFT world. Are you familiar with NFT? Not, no. Non-fungible tokens. It's. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. I am familiar with that. Yes. Okay. Digital um, collections and things like that. So it's quite, and this is the, um, the tech company that is behind all of this, the NBA top shots. And it's quite interesting. Anyway, they're hiring people from all over the world, but how are they going to build their culture when nobody's together? They're, even though they have an office here, everybody's working from home. So I'm yeah. fine. I'm, I'm watching to see how, you know, it's going to develop because I think it's quite fascinating. And two questions around that. One is that, how are they going to build their culture? And two, um, how do you, and this is more generic question, but it made me think of it because of um, my daughter's uh, company. Um, how do you get employee mentality to buy into doing the happiness lab thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, because not everybody in, that's an employee really gives a hoot, right? They just do their job and they leave, right? Or turn off their computer. So how do you get them to buy into that? So yeah, first one. Let's go with the first one. Okay. So that's a hard, it's a, it is a difficult question. The we've got a couple of clients that work exclusively remotely, and they are um, they are different. You know, where you where you can there's a sort of different connection required. Right, um, I would think so. Yeah, but but I think I think there are you know. If that's what you do, if that's the way you work, then what what your what, what companies tend to do is spend time in video calls, uh, you know, getting people together. I think that mm. the, the nature of the work will often be the kind, you know, if it's tech development, it's likely to be isolated kind of work. Head down, headphones yeah. in, you know, get on and do stuff, and then you bring people together. I think cultural assimilation, so finding common ground. You know, we we put markers down in organizations saying that these are the things we want we're, and we're not very good. Most companies are not very good at holding people to account to those markers, which is why we have this kind of massive dis, uh, gap between what companies say, their values, the marketing stuff yeah. and, and what actually happens inside. And, um, and I think that's the tricky bit because what actually is going to happen is that people will assimilate to the normal behaviors associated with others. So if they go to meetings and they don't get to speak, if they just talk that, you know, and if the idea yes. is, yes. on, you know, that, then that's what will end up repeating, regardless of the stuff that you say about collaboration and about, mm. you know, being one group, you know. So, but I think technology has come so far, hasn't it? You know, I, I think that I, I started work at the time when emails were just coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I find it remarkable to think that now, you know, it, you know, we didn't have, I didn't have a mobile phone when I started work, you know. Right. And, and, own one I didn't have wasn't given one by work you know but the, I had a pager uh, right you see and, so, so, and and so we had this technology and now I can be talking to somebody anywhere in the world and we can be collaborating on a document on a you know on a system so cl cloud stuff makes things happen I personally you know our own team there are some people um, based in different parts of the world you know who, who do things for us and we only ever speak on video calls right okay I gotta say it's so that so they're not kind of part of the same things that happen when we're all in the office, but but that's the nature of it. Yeah. So it can work. Okay. 
Now, the other question was, you know, how do we get, how do people engage? I, I think it's a great question. And I think it's one of those things that for me, people not caring, mm-hmm. take, you know, um, and I use that in a cliche way, right? Yeah, yeah. No, sure. I mean, is, isn't that a great bit of information in itself? Sure. Right? So, so, so I, people, we talk about culture fit with, and, and, and whether that's the right expression or not, you know, I personally don't think it is about culture fit. I think, it, I think we should be looking for contribution from everybody around culture. The thing that, so, so culture is influenced by everything, right? And, and so whenever you read about culture, there's no single definition of it, but it tends to be viewed mostly as all of the things that influence it right so that so we talk about rituals and routines and symbols and now all of those things aren't the culture the culture in my opinion are the behaviors that emerge as a result of all of those things right and so you end up this sort of perfect it's why you can't copy it because it's this perfect blend of unique ingredients that are that come from the people that you hire Mm -hmm. and the environment that they're in and the work that they're doing in the time that they're doing it right so you've got the sort of unique situation that makes certain things why some teams work beautifully for a moment in time and then you know you and you can never recreate it again in a different company because they leave and someone else comes in and, and yeah something changes right and so, yeah. so so the behaviors that we end up with are really that's what i think the culture is that's the stuff that the way that we behave around each other and and so when people stop caring about that at work stops caring about their part of it and are waiting for others to fix it. Well, that's a great sign that we've got something wrong inside a company. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that problem, I think, stems from the way that we listen to people. Right? You know, the, the, yeah. I was having a conversation just today with somebody else about the idea, you know, the sort of the super tanker analogy. It's it, a huge organization that's trying to turn. And I'm saying it's only a super tanker if you imagine that one person's holding the steering wheel. Right. If you imagine that most organizations are actually groups of people, their connections, their relationships that form to perform tasks towards a common goal. Well, that feels more like a, an armada or a fl- flotilla of little boats, right? Right. Where everybody's holding the steering wheel. And, if, and then our goal is to get them aligned and keep them connected. And so that, I mean, that's a bit of a sort of an esoteric sort of example. But, but, I, but I think that so, so we tend to focus on the fact that, look, we built a product here that we're trying to say, if we all contribute, if we all share what's going on for us, then, then you create a better picture of what it's really like to work here. And these are the sorts of questions that we say to organizations, look, you know, you don't know what it's really like here and we can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our clients today described what we offer as brutally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, a main board director in a FTSE 100 company here in the UK it described us as brutally honest. And I, and, I'm, and I think it was a compliment. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know, it's, so it's not for everybody because when, right. when you give people the space to speak openly and be yeah. honest. You have to be prepared for the answers. Yeah. Be prepared for a reflection of the environment they're in. Right? And, but, but so, so get, and that means we want them to contribute the good stuff to you. Right. And, and so, so, so we, want you to, we want to help companies understand what it's really like to work there, what's going on for their people, what's the context What's the journey like to work? What's going on at home that, you know, if they choose to share it? Sure. Because all of this shapes the employee that's at work and that means it's going to affect our customers and what they experience of us and the relationships that we build internally mm-hmm. and all those. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that, that's the sort of stuff that we're, we're talking about. And so we tend to say, look, you know, we, we create a product that, that, that can help everybody. It's good for all levels, but we need the organization to listen differently. Mm-hmm. So we can't react to everything. We've got to be trying to 
uh, understand what's going on for people and then start to think about the environment that we've created. Yeah, I, I think that word listening is so important. I think that we can't really have honest engagement with people unless we listen properly and we pay attention to what they're saying, to what, these, what your employees are saying um, in the first place right? You, you, you need to be more open when you listen. And by the way, I, I always like to share this with people. Do you know what that anagram of listen is? No, go on. Silent. I should know you that. love that? Yeah, I do. It's brilliant. I just, when I learned that, I went, oh my goodness, who thinks these things up? I mean, it was an, you, anyway, I just thought that was. I, I was assuming you had, but I think that's great. No, I, I do not take credit for that, but silent yeah so you can't listen if you're talking i think you're absolutely right and it's such an important point inside companies right now and, and you know and you've heard me mention a few times anonymity privacy all that sort yes. of stuff um because we 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 won't be honest you know everything we read and there's great there's some great books about psychological safety and about creating environments you know but what's interesting is the examples that get offered are always about speaking up when the plane's at danger of crashing or speaking up when the surgeon's about to take the wrong leg off or something like that. Yeah. You know? and that but most of us don't live in those worlds. No. You know, most of us find it hard to challenge senior people in public because actually that's threatening to us. Um, oh, I've seen there's a reason it. it's threatening to us, right? Because it's, yeah. it's actually threatening to us. And you, know, and you don't know how the other person's going to react. And I think that so, so what we're trying to do alongside this is say, actually, that our employees, the people we work with, are, are the great allies that we've got. So they're the ones who know what's mm -hmm. needed to be done. They know what customers experience. They know what the risks are. They know what the opportunities are. And, and that voice, as long as we listen. And I think I just, if I, on the listening front, I just... Um, Give you a, an example i often give about the way that we listen at work so and there's a story of two board directors in clients of ours you know and, and i'll leave them anonymous but, but the first one great guy really committed so both of these people by the way are committed to to doing the right thing and to improving their culture so they want to help employees have a better experience and get it right and and so this first guy you know whenever anybody would say so so lockdown happens people go home and people's technology isn't working so you imagine some junior person in you know sharing oh my, my machines my laptop's not working again i can't do anything and in swoops the board director you know seven grades above him saying um hi you know it's so and so uh, email me i'll fix this you know and 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 then wondered why nobody emailed him and I was saying, you're just terrified six levels of your organization, you know, that nobody wants to be the guy that owns up to being the, the board member is going to fix the laptop kind of conversation right. because everybody's going to get in trouble for that. Right. And, and conversely, you know, in, in another organization, um, had a massive, a massive blow up around a, a program. So, so there was a change program going on. It was difficult. People were struggling. And then a few people called out the amount of work that some people were expected to do. And it was starting to damage health. And so somebody said, this is not inside our values. Somebody needs to do something. And then a board member appears, announces that they're there and just said, thank you for telling me. I've heard you, leave it with me, right? That was it, didn't ask any. So left their identities and privacy intact. Yeah. yeah. And, and then a day later, I got an email from somebody saying, um, Happiness Lab just paid for itself because 
stuff got fixed. Wow. And I love right, so that was a perfect example of listening. So I'm soaking it up and I'll just announce myself when I when it's right and just thank everybody as I've got it. Nice. I think that's that that's that's all that's needed. Yeah, it makes me think back to when I worked for the telephone company many, many, many years ago. I'm looking at your clock. I think we have to wrap up in a minute. Um, but uh, um, there was uh, the vice president uh, used to come and speak, you know, in the auditorium once a week or whatever, once a month. I don't even remember. It was a long time ago. But he this guy would stand up and he'd say um, there uh um, if you come across anything and he's talking to all the workers, right? He's, you know, um, employ, um, everyone from the lines people, whoever's there, right? To the office people, to the sales people, to the trainers and whatever. And he'd say, if you come across a dumb rule, let us know because there are no dumb rules. But if you think there's a dumb rule, let us know because we'll. And so the, it was always like, who would do that? Right? Who would actually stand up and do that? But anyway, that's what that made me think of. It's an aside. Brilliant, and you know, and and if it led to change, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, exactly, brilliant. exactly. It's so scary, isn't it? Of course, of change. course. Yeah, I mean, anyway. It's the first one, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, sorry, dinging all over the place here. Um, I think that we could probably go on and on because it's fascinating conversation. And I love the whole idea of happiness. And, and I saw this originally on your LinkedIn banner on uh, happiness is the gauge, not the goal. And I think I love that. And um, I also keep thinking about, I'm sure you read that book um, from uh, Zappos, uh, the happiness, I forget uh, what it's called. Happiness. Yeah. What's it called? Delivering Happiness. Yeah, Delivering Happiness. I have the book here. I've read it. It's great. But yeah, Delivering Happiness. And it made me think of that company and, and his uh, original, because he doesn't own it anymore, but um, original. But Tony Shade sadly died from me um, earlier this year. Sorry? Um, Tony Shade died earlier this year. Did he? Did yeah, I well, it's, again, it's, it's one of those interesting, very interesting Yes, um, you're right. Things. Again, a, 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 a young man who... Yeah made a lot of money and and lost his way and um oh, but i think that there, there are some, lots of interesting things you know i think that, that on that on the front on the happiness front by yeah, the way um yeah. you, you, you i don't know if you saw this i just want to because i think this is a, a, a one of those things that moved me immensely this week uh, america's got talent do you watch that no occasionally but no i didn't go well, i think it was this week but it appeared in my linkedin feed of all places this okay week. um and a, a young lady called Jane, who goes by the name of Nightbird, who's a singer. Okay. And, uh, and her story, so find it on YouTube, because that's where yeah, it's where I will. It is. So a, a, a young woman who is suffering from cancer mm-hmm. um, and still with cancer. And she wrote her own song and performed it. And it was so moving and, and inspiring as, as, a, as she, she was incredible now, but she had a wonderful expression, um, which was at the end. She just, you know, cause they, they asked her, how do you stay so positive? And, and she said, you know, you can't wait uh, until life isn't hard anymore mm-hmm. before you decide to be happy. Oh. Um, and I, and, and, and I just think that was a beautiful expression, you know, and, and it's, and it, and it, what it made me think about by the way, was like, so happiness is not the goal. You know, it, right. it's a choice. It, it, you know, how we feel should be an indicator for us. 
um, and there's an element of choice to it. But it, but it made me think the way we think about these things often in work, and it, it, it's like we only realize what's really important when we're faced with an existential crisis. And companies do this as well, right? So, yeah. so that's the moment when we suddenly decide that these things really matter. And, and, and I just wish, actually, we could all find a bit more time for relationships, for people, for, for what really matters, because you know, that's, these are the, the, the old adages, aren't they? You know, that, that what will we do at, you know, come, come the end of the line? Yeah. What will we wish we'd done more of? You know, exactly. Exactly. And you know what? And, and it's a great place to end because I think that we, we, um, and, and I know there's lots more we could talk about. So I'm going to have to have you back on the show. Um, however, I think it's important that, yes, what is the most important thing? We need to be happy inside. We need to realize what is it that's most important. And my little granddaughter, who's going to be two in a couple of weeks, reminds me of that all the time because spending time with her and when I'm with her, I don't think about the other things I'm immersed in, you know, teaching her and enjoying her and loving her. And it's, it's amazing. And so, and I waited a long time for that, but it's, she's teaching me a lot, which is so cool. Uh, may I ask you this? I know you want to just, but, but just on that particular point, yeah. you notice a difference in yourself and what you do with her compared to when you were mum? rather than grandmother? In a way, yes. Um, my innate teacher uh, comes out, though, in both cases, like it yep. did in both cases. But I think the fact that, you know, I have to allow, I, you know, I have to watch my daughter be a mother and allow her to make those mistakes that I made, too. Because, you know what? There's no book that tells you, you know, what it's going to be like. So, um so yeah, it's different. It is different, you know. Yeah, I, I, was, I, I guess it's because we again, it's that sort of time that we allow ourselves, and the, you know, when when we're, you know, I watch my parents with my children. Yes, yes. And and think about how, of course, when we are parents, we're very hard on ourselves, and yeah. we're and we're trying to do the, you know, trying to create these perfect little people, and you know, and when and when I watch my grandparents, that well, both sets of grandparents, my wife's yeah. parents as well, you know that. that and that's like when my relationship with my grandparents, it was a bit more fun. They were a bit more yes. relaxed, you know, yes. and it's, and it's yes. like we just, we're just present, right? Yeah. Yes. And be present. So absolutely. Thank you so much, David, for Thank your you insights much. and in, and the fact that uh, you're, you are helping the world be a better place by working on, you know, teaching people how to gauge that happiness and, um, and I thank you for being on the show and providing such insight. And to my audience, thank you so much again for listening. You are the reason I'm still here. I love doing this. And I hope that you will share this uh, broadcast. Um, listen, leave a review. Let us know you, what you liked, what you didn't like. And uh, check out David's Happiness Lab and on LinkedIn as well. I will connect you uh, in the show notes with places that you can find David and his work. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. 
Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.